0: Hey, all. Michael Lunsford here, Citizens for a New Louisiana, and we've been doing these interviews on who's going to be on your ballot November the third. Today, I have with me a man who really needs no introduction. It's Senator Bill Cassidy, and uh, he's here to talk to us about his candidacy and his accomplishments over the last few years. And and one of the things I wanted to just kind of get out of the way right away was there's been this chatter about vaccines and such um, in the local. I don't know. That's kind of the thing people are talking about because of the COVID is coming up, and so. Tell me, what what's the situation right now? Do you know with the vaccines? I know you're in medical. So what, what does that look like? I know the president has been pushing. He
1: says there's one available. How's that look? Two things, Michael, at right. least two things. One, mm-hmm. are they available? I guess right. the second thing is, will they be safe? Mm-hmm. And the third thing is, will they be mandatory? Okay. Let's just get it out. It's not going to be mandatory. Right. No one's going to track you down. And oh my gosh, you got to think, it ain't going to happen. Okay. Now the president's clearly major league invested in Getting these vaccines out. Why? He wants to reopen the economy. He wants to keep the nurses, the doctors, the lab techs, the med techs, etc., from being infected in the hospital. And he wants to make sure if somebody's in a nursing home, they don't die in that nursing home from coronavirus. The president's been pushing it. They're going to be safe. They're going to be effective. There's at least three different ways we know that. One of them is a food and drug administration. One of them is an independent safety board, independent of the government, independent of business, and the other is the business itself. If they don't like the vaccine, they're not going to risk their reputation. That's right. But the president knows that the economy won't reopen until people are comfortable. They can go to a ball game, sit next to somebody, and not get infected. Right. By the way, have you noticed? The president hates masks. Yeah, and so I, I think it. he's hoping that people don't have to wear masks either. Lastly, it will not be mandatory. Okay. There's this kind of chatter out there that it might be mandatory. Not going to be mandatory. Kind of like the flu shot. Right. Uh, you know, you take the flu shot. You don't take the flu shot. I take the flu shot. But if somebody don't want to take the flu shot, my brother doesn't take the flu shot. Mm. It's not going to be mandatory. It's going to be, though, what you take if you think it's going to reduce your risk of getting infected. Right.
0: Now, adding to that, it's not mandatory. However, the, there's a rumor out there or what we've seen in places where, well, the mask isn't mandatory, but if you want to come in our store, you have to wear one. So what are the rules around that? Uh, is the government going to not mandate but punish people who don't take the vaccine?
1: Absolutely not. Period. Okay. End of story. Um, it's not going to be like, oh, I have to have identification on my phone to show that I've been vaccinated in order to go into the ballpark. Right. Not going to happen. Uh, so,
0: um, That's people kind get worried, right? A HIPAA rule where they can't really, they're not supposed to know your
1: medical history anyway. Yeah, they can't force you to give that up. Right. So. Now, ideally, what happens is, is for whatever reason, people have been previously infected. I've been previously infected. The best evidence is that I'm not gonna get it again, at least for some time. So we can sit this close and I'm not infecting you. But also you have the people who've already been infected with the people who do get vaccinated, the infection rate begins to come down so low, people take off their mask, they go sit in a restaurant and they talk like this and they don't worry about being infected. That's the goal. And that's That's President Trump's big time goal. Right,
0: that makes perfect sense. Now, you just got back from Washington DC. You were there just the other day. Yeah and there was this big confirmation hearing going on. How did that go? Tell, tell us a little
1: bit about that. Amy Coney Barrett is now Justice Amy Coney Barrett, and a, a native daughter of Louisiana, a fantastic judge, a great legal mind, but when you talk to her, she actually seems like a normal person. And the mother of seven, uh, two of whom are adopted from Haiti, one of whom has a special need, and she just sits there and she has such a presence. I'm sure it's just kind of you know grounded in her faith, in her commitment to family, in her commitment to our country, but when you're with her and all those Democratic senators were so aggressive and they just wanted to attack her and she was like, no, Senator, I'm not going to agree with you. I think you're wrong on that. Somebody said, if you grew up with nine kids and if you have seven yourself, you better be calm or else you're crazy. (laughs) Uh, But you had that sense that she was that. Most importantly, she's gonna serve our country well. She will, I believe so. I will also say, you know, you like different perspectives. If you're a working mom and maybe a bunch of kids, or maybe not. And you want to have a Supreme Court justice that knows your struggles. And what does the law really mean in this context? Right, She brings that. She does, and I, you
0: just saying that, I hadn't thought of that. She is like the only mother with a number of children that's on the Supreme Court ever. possibly
1: ever, yeah. But one of them's disabled. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's right. a multiracial. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so she's, again, got a perspective that uh, I think broadens the perspective of the court. Right. I agree. That's great. Uh, now she says, I'll put aside my feelings and only rule in the law, but her feelings are informed by a life experience that will add tremendously to the court. That's fantastic.
0: Now listen, you know, we're in Louisiana. We're all in gas country. We've got these people on the other side who want to mandate all these crazy shingles and all this, the green new deal we'll call it, where you can't fly anywhere. You can't drive anywhere. You have to take, um, I don't know how you get places, I guess you walk or ride your bike. So that's come out of the other side. That's one of the major planks, maybe the entire platform of the other party. How does that affect Louisiana? And more importantly, what what are you doing to help our oil and gas industry
1: here in Louisiana? What, what does that all look like? Joe Biden tipped his hand in the last debate. I'm going to quote, transition from oil and gas. Transition from the 200,000 jobs that creates here in Louisiana. The 11 million jobs it creates throughout our country, and it's not just at the wellhead, the pipeline, the LNG export facility. It is also at the at the petrochemical plant or the refinery that is on the river parishes, taking this natural gas, turning it into the plastics that we use from everything yeah. you know to protect our phone, to, for our pens, for our eyeglasses, you name it. Somehow, Biden doesn't realize you can't make plastic with sunshine or wind. Hmm. It actually takes natural gas or oil to do that. Now he was in favor
0: of putting up all these plastic barriers between people, and then he wants to get rid of the industry who's responsible for making plastic barriers.
1: Isn't that something? Some people on the left think you get electricity by flipping on a switch, not realizing (laughs) there's an incredible power generation that comes behind it. By the way, I am concerned about climate change. I think we should all be. But natural gas is part of the answer to climate change. If China is using Louisiana natural gas instead of Chinese coal, their greenhouse gas emissions go down just as the United States greenhouse gas emissions have gone down as we've transitioned to natural gas. So if you want to lower global greenhouse gas emissions, use Louisiana natural gas. That's right. It creates American jobs. It, not just at the wheelhead, but down to the export terminal, et cetera. But it also cleans up the air that is polluted in China but that we breathe here. Right. Cause now for comes. some reason, Mr. Biden doesn't get that and he's willing to destroy all these jobs and that would be a tragedy. It would be. Now back to the COVID
0: situation. Uh, one of the other major talking points is we have to have these plans to safely reopen schools. And we're, we're doing that in Louisiana. We have My son's going back to school now but the other side seems to think there's not a plan. Or What's going on with all of that, all of the rules for COVID that are coming down from the federal government down to the state, down to the local? So it
1: know? is clear, the federal government, the CDC, uh, doctors, the pediatrics are all saying we should reopen schools. That the risk of a child missing out a year of education for their almost extremely low risk of having problems from coronavirus, their very low risk of even being infected and spreading it to other people, it's not worth it. We need to reopen those schools. Now, of course, the president, gets lambasted, but if you look at the price a child is paying, when she's five years old to miss that year of school, um, uh, to miss that year of school uh, is is, is a year she'll never have back. When you're five, your brain just absorbs like sponge absorbs water, but you miss it when you have almost no risk of being infected. Your mama can't go to work because she has to stay at home with you. So maybe your family's not doing as well financially because mama can't work. right. By the way, the employer doesn't have that good employee, so they don't expand as much. It ripples out. You put that child back in school, better for the child, better for the family, better for our society. The Trump administration is about that. I'm about that. I think we need to do that. Yeah. Our economy is our number one thing
0: that keeps us all going, and I know in Louisiana we've been locked down. It has really crippled our economy. So hearing that, and a lot of people don't realize that kids not being in school means a parent has to be with them. It affects,
1: it does directly affect our ability to have a great economy. And by the way. The less well-off, the less likely they have fiber optic broadband, and the less likely the family is computer literate. So even if you give them a Wi-Fi, if the family's not used to popping up their computer and logging on and doing things online, the child misses out. So it is the most vulnerable in our population who end up suffering the worst. We need to reopen those schools. Absolutely. Well, look, this is kind of towards the end of our video, so uh, this is
0: the time to talk directly to the voters and let them know what have you been doing in D.C. these last six years, and what do you plan to do moving forward?
1: Uh, thanks, thanks. Hey, thank y'all for watching. For the last six years since I've had the honor to represent the state of Louisiana in the United States Senate, I've worked for you. I've worked for you to increase economic opportunity. For example, making it easier to build these LNG export terminals that put tens of thousands of people at work, not just in the construction site, but also purchasing the gas in North Louisiana that goes through the pipeline in central Louisiana to the LNG export terminal in South Louisiana. To try and preserve our offshore oil and gas industry, which has been really hit hard. How do we help it get over this rough patch that has been caused by COVID? Also work to make your health insurance more affordable, your drugs more affordable. Uh, President Trump, I had the honor of him saying publicly that I'm his go-to guy when he wants to know something about healthcare. And my one message for the president is give the patient the power. So since then, he's working to create price transparency, to do away with surprise medical billing, and to help you get your prescriptions cheaper at the drug counter than you've got before. Um, And then we have to look to the future. How do we restore priority for Americans who because of the coronavirus crisis, they've lost their job? Clearly the president and Congress have attempted to support the economy with the stimulus checks, but also the help for the employer. But we need to think about maybe an infrastructure package going forward. Wouldn't it be great for Lafayette if we had I-49 completed? Uh, For the whole state if we had a Capershue River Bridge and a a new, new Mississippi River Bridge in Baton Rouge, and in Shreveport for I-49 North, JP for that flyway to the airport, and for Central Louisiana to have an I-14 East-West. We need a big infrastructure package to get people back to work, to create demand for our products, and to also do a favor for the future so they're not fighting the same problems as we. I've had the privilege of representing Louisiana for six years. I ask for six more to keep on representing you to do good things for our state, good things for our country, and good things for you.
0: Well, excellent, and real quick, I know folks might want to get in touch with you, not that they can't find you, but what's the website and uh, social media?
1: Yeah, so you can go to BillCassidy.com. Our Facebook page is Bill Cassidy, and surprise, surprise, our tweet is Bill Cassidy. And so you can go at Bill Cassidy and you get almost anything. Really and hard s- to find. Huh? Really hard <laughs> to find. And so, uh, and, and really need you to turn out. We don't want, we want a President Trump for president with a Republican Senate. So if you can help reelect President Trump and help reelect this Republican Senator and this Republican Senator, I would really appreciate
0: it. All right. Well, thank you, sir, for coming in. It's a pleasure to chat with you.
1: Thank you, Michael. Appreciate you, it, man.